I love it when I get to answer your questions. And today, I'm going to answer a listener question about gut health. Her question and concerns were regarding the claims she was seeing, what things are true, what things are not about what she's hearing, and what is gut health after all? Is it important? Well, we're going to get to all of that today. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restricted food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, welcome back. Today we have a listener question about gut health, and the question goes a little something like this. I've heard for years now about gut health. Usually it's a company trying to sell a specific product in order to improve your gut health because that's probably why you aren't losing weight or whatever. It seems suspicious to me, so I always assumed it was false information or something made up. But I've recently heard more about it. In a podcast, I recently came across a woman who was talking about her nausea in pregnancy, and a doctor or someone told her that if she improved her gut health, it might not be as bad in her next pregnancy. I was just wondering, is gut health a real thing? And how do you know if you have poor gut health and how to improve it? The gut health thing was always accompanied by something specific, like a specific diet, don't eat acidic things, etc. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for this question. Again, I just love answering your questions and hearing what you think and what you want to know. And a quick little disclaimer, this information in the podcast, it's not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It's for educational purposes only. All right, let's get into the meat of this question, which is overall, one, what is gut health? So first, I just want to stop because I think this takes some explaining because I know you've heard of the gut and I know you've heard of gut health. The issue about using this term gut health is that it's really, really broad term because the gut just stands for gastrointestinal tract, which includes a lot. Okay, ready for this? It includes the mouth, throat, esophagus, stomach small intestine, large intestines, and anus. And the gut proper, it's affected by other organs like your liver and your pancreas and your gallbladder. So these should also be included in the gastrointestinal system conversation. But that long tube from the opening at the top all the way through to the opening at the bottom, well, that's all the gastrointestinal tract or the gut. Therefore, gut health would really be the state of the health of all of these organs. But we'll talk about the tract specifically today. There are different conditions for your mouth health versus your stomach health versus intestinal health, etc. We are talking about gut health as a whole. And like I said, it's a very broad term. And there are a lot of differentiations depending on what geography we're talking about, really. If we're talking about mouth health, I'd have a very different conversation with you today and different advice. But I don't think that's mostly what people are concerned about when they're talking about gut health. I don't think people are associating the mouth with 
the gut or even the esophagus too much with that. So again, gut health being a very broad term, I'm going to try and narrow it down to what I think is being spoken about most in cyber world. And I think most of what is called gut health now concerns the intestines. Now, I can't say that with 100% certainty that that's what different people are sharing um, and referring to. And I myself would argue it's far more than just the intestines themselves. But I think this is probably what's being talked about and what's being referred to on your blogs and your social media and your YouTube, online, etc. So in order to answer this question the best way I can, I'm going to assume that what the listener is hearing about in regard to gut health and how important the gut is, is that they're actually talking about two very specific realms, so to speak. One is the condition of the lining of the intestine, okay? That inner lining of the intestine, because that's responsible for so, so many functions. Let's just say, for the sake of making this question answerable on a podcast, that that's just one of the two issues that people are concerned about. And the second issue I think that we need to address for gut health is the microbiome. The microbiome, it's that bacterial balance or bacterial flora that are rampant in your intestines, particularly in your large intestine. And there are what we call, quote, good bacteria that live in the large intestine. And there are what we call bad bacteria that live in the intestine. So there are about 10 million different types of bacteria that actually live in your intestines. And you have trillions and trillions of them in your gut. I know. So either of these areas, the condition of the intestinal lining or the microbiome are far, far, far too complex and detailed to explain well in a podcast. But I can talk about the most important aspects of each as they relate to this question. Okay, first, let's talk about that condition of the intestinal lining, that inner cell lining of the intestine with all of its many, many functions. It's really very important for digestion of all your nutrients. It's important for getting the electrolytes and the water to enter into your body so your body can use them. It really protects the rest of your body from the contents inside the intestines, which includes all the microorganisms that we do eat, we swallow them. And it produces a lot, or actually most, of the serotonin in your body. And you've heard of serotonin, right? It's really important for your brain function. Okay, so that's a basic idea of what the condition of the intestinal lining does. And now let's swing over to that microbiome. This is also very, very important that the balance of the gut bacteria stays at the proper level. It's really important for the production of some B vitamins and some vitamin K. It helps to digest your food and ferment some indigestible fibers. And having that right balance of good bacteria in there, it can prevent the bad bacteria from growing out of balance and taking over. So think of it that way. It's almost like um, a war between the good and the bad bacteria. And if the good is depleted, the bad gets to take over the nutrients that it needs to thrive or the spaces on the intestines that they need. So we want enough good bacteria to keep the bad bacteria at bay. So you can see that having that proper balance of the bacteria helps to fight off disease-causing bacteria. It's really, really interesting that we are now seeing a relationship between the healthy balance of the gut bacteria and its important role in helping even lungs fight off infections. And this has become more clear and apparent due to COVID research. 
So you see, the microbiome itself is this amazingly interactive, symbiotic, living ecosystem. Um, I know it sounds disgusting, but we really do need it. And um, speaking of that symbiotic relationship, what I mean by this is that there's a mutually beneficial relationship between that good bacteria and the intestinal cells, so the intestinal lining, because the intestinal lining helps the bacteria, and then the bacteria in turn actually helps the intestinal lining to be healthy by producing a fatty acid that nourishes those intestinal cells. Super, super interesting. All right, again, you can already see that this is like not even a flight over the battlefield. This is not even a cliff note version. There's just way too much depth to each of these. Um, and we're just barely going to scratch the surface, but I think it'll give you enough information that you could use. Specifically, hopefully the listener is getting the answers to the question um, without my treating them too tritely. <laughs> and um, if, of course, you want further information on anything I'm about to say, please feel free to ask. But all of you who are hearing about this gut health maybe for the first time, I also wanted to kind of introduce all of the topics to you. Now, the intestinal lining keeps the bacteria in, in the place where it's supposed to be within that intestinal opening. So it doesn't go running rampant throughout the body, which would be very, very dangerous, really. In other words, the microbiome bacteria that we consider good well, they're only good because they're kept at bay inside the intestines. It wouldn't be good if they were running around your bloodstream. Um, and you can see that both the microbiome and that inner lining of intestinal cells, they're both important in fighting infections and in inflammation and in your immune system. So really neat, really neat. The gut is a very fascinating organ. Now, in just a minute, we're going to talk about what happens when something goes wrong with either the condition of the intestinal lining or with the balance of the microbiome. Be right back. You've heard me talk about dealing with the deeper heart issues that can lead to all kinds of disordered behaviors, including disordered eating. How do you know if you are dealing with heart issues? Well, in the March 2022 newsletter, you can find your own assessment based on just four quick questions to find out where your heart may be and if there's something that you need to deal with, with the Lord. Simply go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and sign up for your monthly newsletter. Link in the show notes. All right, so we're back and let's talk about what potentially could happen if things get out of whack with either that microbiome or the bacterial balance in the gut or the actual intestinal lining condition and its health itself. Well, many health problems can occur, such as nutrient deficiencies. You know, if your intestinal lining isn't healthy and working properly, well, you're not going to be able to digest and absorb the nutrients that your body needs properly and damage the intestines in the way they even move can affect digestion as well. Now, if things are out of whack, it can lead to autoimmune diseases, it can affect serotonin production, so this affects the nervous system, it can affect the whole immune system and its function, and it can put you in what's called an inflammatory state, which then can lead further to chronic diseases. It can lead to problems with blood sugar levels, which over time can lead to type 2 diabetes in a person. It can affect cholesterol levels and cardiovascular risk can increase, and it can possibly affect your hunger and satiety cues. 
Bacteria entering the bloodstream on top of it through some kind of damage in the lining can cause infection or sepsis. And there's even a risk of cancer when these things are out of whack as well. There's so much research ongoing and there therefore is so much to watch. And it's hard to state absolutes in this area where discovery is still ongoing, but it's really interesting research and specifically in the area of the microbiome because that is relatively newer and it's just becoming more and more understood. However, I think I've mentioned this before, but oftentimes when a small research study is done and released, whether it was done well or not, whether there's a bias or not, well, sometimes news articles can just pop out with these headlines that are very attention-getting. You know, they want clicks. They want viewership. So they might use some fantastical-sounding claim. Now, as to what the level of truth in these articles is and what's being proclaimed, they are often, please hear me, overstated. They're often overstated without context, without balance. It's really just often a way of getting your attention. And, you know, who knows? Do they care that much to go back and dig into the research and follow it? Printing corrections? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on where you're hearing it, truly. So let's talk now about the specifics of gut health as they apply to the listener's question. She had some very specific points that she was questioning. Let's start with weight loss because in the question, she'd been hearing that gut health or poor gut health would prevent weight loss. Let's talk about how gut health relates to weight loss. Well, interestingly, some research is actually showing a link between the microbiome and hunger cues. A healthy gut is important for weight loss in another way, probably not the way you're concerned about, but it is possible and I want to make sure to mention it while we're talking about this topic. A healthy gut digests and it absorbs nutrients. It absorbs the nutrients you need. And when your gut is not functioning properly, you or somebody may be experiencing nutrition deficiencies and unwanted weight loss to some degree. Now, this is not the kind of weight loss that we all want. We don't want that. We don't want the reason for weight loss to be because your intestinal lining is not working and absorbing the nutrients you need because that's either leading to or indicative of a disease state. So again, I know that's not really why you're here and I know that's not quite what the question was referring to, but I just wanted to make sure to mention that. Again, there is some research showing a potential link there between that bacterial balance and our hunger cues and the research is really fun to watch, but... Whether or not the dietary changes that we can make and that we'll talk about in a little bit can affect these same changes is still being researched. Remember, even if research does show us a real strong connection, it's still only one piece of a greater puzzle for weight maintenance and even weight loss. And again, it's important to keep in mind that oftentimes those amazing headlines we're seeing are just one piece of the puzzle, if they're true at all. Okay, so I hope that's a bigger, maybe better picture for you with some context than what you're seeing on your social media feed. Now, the listener didn't specifically mention this. She didn't mention immunity, but I really wanted to address it while we're talking because both gut health, in the cells, that intestinal lining, and the gut bacterial balance, they both help with immune function, as I said, in the body, and they help with 
the inflammatory balance, which itself might be able to affect weight loss a bit through different channels. But of course, your immune system and inflammation are a much larger topic than just weight loss. But there's a little bit of a roundabout connection there, so I wanted to mention that. A large part of your immune system is actually in your gut. Isn't that surprising? It's in your gastrointestinal tract, so super interesting again. Problems with the immune system's function can lead to autoimmune diseases or disorders, and that gut microbiome helps to regulate the immune system. So you can see there's that, you know, again, that ripple effect. And research on the link between the gut microbiome and autoimmune diseases is ongoing. And again, another thing that's really interesting. So we're going to keep watching that. All right, let's talk about another specific point from the question. Let's talk about that pregnancy nausea. Well, sometimes women have, you know, normal morning sickness, normal amounts of nausea and even vomiting that goes away. But some women have very severe nausea and vomiting throughout their pregnancy. And so, of course, we're always looking for ways to help with that because we need the mamas to be able to get the nutrients that they need for themselves and for baby. Now, changes in hormones during pregnancy, they can actually change that microbiome balance, which can then therefore alter the GI or gastrointestinal system. And changes to the GI system can lead to things like the nausea and the vomiting and also diarrhea and constipation. While I will mention that a small study has showed a promising dietary connection, and I'll talk about that in a bit, I mostly want to emphasize to you mamas that it is important, very important, to always, always be under a doctor's care for pregnancy vomiting. Again, some's normal and healthy, But some women have it to such a very great degree, and your doctor must be involved in determining what that cause is and what they can do to help you with it and what you can do. Again, this is not medical advice. So if you're a pregnant mama and you've been vomiting a lot throughout your pregnancy, or even at all, really, please, please check with your obstetrician. And now, finally, the questioner asked specifically about acidic diets and whether or not that was related to gut health. Well, the acidic diets or alkaline diets, um, it's kind of a big topic in itself. So I'm going to cover that in full next week. So tune in next week for a better coverage of that than I would be able to give it here. So let's take another quick break here. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can have a healthy gut. Be right back. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I wanna get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. All right, so we're going to talk about how you can get a healthy gut or how you can support your gut health. And you know what? I realized I didn't actually even answer one of the questions. How do you know if you have a healthy gut? Well, you know, the truth is you probably won't unless you're seeing the obvious symptoms of nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, and that's certainly a good place to start. These are often signs of a temporary issue, not always but certainly a good place to start. And that is something that you could clearly observe yourself. 
But that could also be due to a virus, as we know these days. It could be due to other things. But it could be the health of the lining of your intestine. It could be that your microbial balance is off. But it's not really something that you're probably going to be able to discern just on your own. As you've heard, there are just so many functions of the gut. And some of these, if they're out of whack, you might not even be aware of. You know, there could be a problem in your inflammatory state. Uh, You could be dealing with blood sugar levels and not know it. You could have nutrient deficiencies and not know it. So it's not always going to be easy for you to determine whether or not your gut's healthy. But you know what? You might not even need to be concerned about that as long as you focus on doing your part to have a healthy lifestyle and, you know, support that gut health in the ways we're going to talk about now. First, let's talk about probiotics. I know you've heard the term probiotics, right? Well, probiotics are inextricably linked to gut health because probiotics are living organisms. They're bacteria. They're the good bacteria that increase the level of the good bacteria that we want to see in the microbiome in our gut that help keep the balance um, where it's best utilized. Now, we're going to find probiotics in fermented foods like yogurt and tempeh and kimchi and kombucha. Yes, I looked up how to pronounce it, and I said it wrong anyway. It's kombucha. And I looked up the next word how to pronounce it too, kefir, because it's also pronounced kefir. But I'll say kefir because I think that's what we here in the States say. Um, Also sauerkraut. So basically fermented foods because they're growing that good bacteria in them. And a small research study also showed improvements in pregnancy nausea and vomiting with probiotics. But remember, this is between you and your doctor. Um, We may want to deal with the nausea and vomiting at a more intense level, depending on you, mama. Now, Let's include these probiotic foods. Why not? These are so good for you in many ways. Um, I'm all for including your yogurt because then also you're getting your dairy. You can include those and knowing what you're doing is you're helping sway that balance of the bacteria over to the good side. Very important, right? So that's probiotics. And now second, you may also have heard the term prebiotics. So I just explained the probiotics. Those are the bacteria, but the prebiotics are a little different. Prebiotics are the fibers and the saccharides and the starches that you eat that feed those probiotic bacteria, that feed those good bacteria to help them grow and to flourish. Now, some places you're going to find those are in like bananas and different fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans, um, onions and garlic, leafy greens. Uh, So those are all really good sources of prebiotics to help feed the probiotics so we can help those good bacteria win the fight down there. So including probiotics and prebiotics in your daily eating plan or in your weekly eating plan is a really good thing to do. And there's actually some supplements where they kind of combine them together in what's called a symbiotic. And there you go. It's both in one. But of course, food's always best. So if you can do it that way, that's best. Third, if you want a healthy gut, you are definitely going to want to include, shocker that I'm about to say this, fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes, like the beans and the peas and the lentils, into your diet. Because these are going to give you very important fiber. And fiber is very important for your intestinal health, for your gut health. They'll have also your prebiotics built right in there. 
They have the vitamins and the minerals that you need. They have different chemical compounds in there that are called polyphenols, which are very helpful and helpful for your gut. All right, number four. Now, one thing that would be great if you could help it all the time, and sometimes you can't, but if you can avoid having excess antibiotics or having them often, that would be helpful because unfortunately, although antibiotics are killing off the dangerous infections in your body and blood, which uh, we need that, thank you, Lord, for getting us antibiotics in our day and age, but they're also killing off the bacteria that we want to keep in the gut. So they're killing off some of that good bacteria and therefore altering that balance or harming the balance. Now, of course, we know antibiotics come in medication form, but sometimes they also come in food like meat. Yeah, so meat that is grown with antibiotics, well, it's transferring those antibiotics to you and to your gut. And what are they going to do there? Well, again, they're going to kill some of that good bacteria and disrupt that balance. But also, over time, a continual use of antibiotics can actually create something called a superbug. So superbugs are bacteria that have now become resistant to antibiotics, and we do not want those. Those are just a nightmare. They're a nightmare in the healthcare system and in hospitals. So we want to let that good bacteria be the abundant thing that fights off the bad bacteria as much as we're able. Sometimes we do absolutely need antibiotics for our health and safety. So if your doctor decides that you need that and you've discussed your concerns, then of course you need to listen to your doctor so that you don't have an infection running rampant elsewhere in your body. So again, a decision between you and your doctor, and this is just some information for you. Number five, if you want to have a healthy gut, you're also gonna wanna find a way of eating overall less fat in your diet, and specifically saturated fat. Oh, remember that's some of those animal fats, those animal foods. But a high-fat diet overall can be somewhat damaging to that bacterial balance, as can processed meats. I know processed meats we do talk about a lot. They're just, you know, I've mentioned them so many times in these podcasts, they just seem to have multiple cautions surrounding them for just many different reasons. They're not good for your cell health in your intestine or for the bacterial balance. So there you go. There's your information. Do what you will with that. Um, Number six, now. Due to ongoing research, this is fun, it's looking like a high amount of dairy intake, so a high dairy consumption, it's actually connected with lower colon and rectal cancer risks. So that is pretty awesome. It's really exciting to watch because dairy is kind of vilified these days, isn't it? But the more research that goes on, we're finding some of these really unexpected benefits from dairy. And again, I had just said that high um, fat consumption isn't really best. So we're talking like the lower fat dairy and the fat-free dairy whenever possible. But high dairy consumption is connected with a lower risk of colon and rectal cancers and the colon and the rectum are large intestine, part of the gut. Also, we're finding that higher dairy consumption, it looks like it's helping with that bacterial balance by increasing the good bacteria. So there's a win for dairy, specifically the lower fat or fat-free dairy. And finally, the seventh thing I want to say about if you want to have gut health, you really don't want to be drinking too much alcohol because alcohol actually helps the bad bacteria to grow out of balance. Okay, so let me just summarize really quickly how to support your own gut health. We talked about adding some of those fermented foods, which are probiotics, which are the good bacteria. 
We talked about feeding that good bacteria with the prebiotics that are found in lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, including bananas and leafy greens and legumes, onions and garlic and beans. Also, as with every other part of nutrition, I'm going to say that adding abundant vegetables and fruits and whole grains into your diet and maybe more of those plant proteins like the legumes, it's really important for your gut health. Uh, We spoke about, if possible, having less antibiotics in your life. Certainly looking on the meat packaging and trying to purchase the meat without the antibiotics, that's something that you can do. Um, Lowering your overall fat intake, a lower fat diet, specifically with those animal fats and with processed meats. We want to moderate those if possible. And let's start upping our low-fat dairy intake. I don't think American adults really are consuming that much dairy, so be encouraged to have some dairy, have more dairy. And again, last but not least, not drinking too much alcohol if you're drinking at all, because that can help sway that balance towards the bad bacteria. So thank you so, so much, listener, for your question about gut health. I hope that I was able to answer your questions and the meaning behind the questions. If not, you know, you know how to do it. You can ask another question. Um, You're welcome to ask anything you'd like. That goes for all of you. Everyone, I love answering your questions. So if you have one about anything, anything, nutrition, biblical counseling, scriptures, about my history, about my current journey toward food freedom, um, if you just want to ask about different fad diets or things you're seeing online as this listener did, well, please just go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, scroll down to the area that shows the questions and comments section, You can either record with your own voice and just ask the question verbally, and I can play that right on the podcast, or you can type your question into the box provided. I just love to hear from you. So until next time, let's all remember 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. See you soon. 